First Peter, chapter one and verse six. First Peter one and verse six. We live in a very hopeless society today, and I guess well, you know, I don't want to say hopeless. There's a lot of hope that people do have. It's just in things that don't work, and therefore uh, it has some pretty sad results. And then, then there's a lot of people that have become hopeless because their hope and all the wrong things failed them, and uh, now they're in a miserable state. And we need, as Christians, okay, I'm talking to Christians tonight. Um, we ought to be able to hold on to our hope. Our hope is in the Lord, like the song that we just sang. And we shouldn't have the same problems that the world does in this area. But I want to look at us to look at some things about hope and show really just why so many people don't have hope and why so many Christians don't have hope. And then how we can get that hope back. Because we need it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, it says, "...wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations." that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see Him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the Gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire, desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. This passage here, there is so much that is said in there. There is so much that is very good. And the part where I want you to focus on where it says, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. Okay? Our hope is in the Lord, but you know, the devil can take away that hope. And the devil is very good at getting us to look at things that we don't need to be looking at that steal our hope. And the things that he look at that mentions here talks about the former lust. Uh, the things that war against your soul. And we're going to look at those uh, a little deeper here in a minute. But first of all, you know, we live in a society that, as I said, seems to be without hope. More and more people are turning to alcohol and drugs to try to relieve the sorrow in their, in their lives. I mean, it's just sad you know, the amount of alcohol that's consumed around here. Why? Because people are miserable. They're sorrowful. They have no hope. And the term hope, it, based, it means really an expectation. Or a confidence, you know, faith, hope, you know, and it's to anticipate something positive, something good. Okay, there's a lot of people today that are they have an expectation of bad stuff to happen. Okay, uh, you can't really call that hope. Okay, even though it's an expectation, hope is an expectation of something good. 
Okay? And those people out there, there's a lot of people that expect, have the expectations of bad things. And we'll talk about them a little bit. But, you know, we're not going to talk about the hopelessness of the world tonight because, you know, they're not here. Okay? This is save people here tonight. But what I want to talk about tonight is the lack of hope that's inside many believers. Because Christians should be the most hopeful, positive thinking people in the world. So why are so many Christians without hope? You know, that's because that, that's I was I was thinking about that and trying to look at that. Like, you know, why is it that so many people expect so little? You know why many people they don't go to church regular? It's because well, they're not expecting anything to happen. They don't expect God to do anything for them. Why do people pray? They're not expecting God to answer their prayer. They have no expectation. They have no hope. And there's a reason for that. Okay, many people when they lose their hope. They'll try to blame God and they'll kind of have a little pity party for themselves. We're going to look at one here in the Bible. Go to Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. But there is a really good reason that they don't have hope and that they shouldn't have hope. And we'll talk about what they need to do to get that hope back. But Ruth chapter 1, if you know the story of Ruth, you remember that uh, you know, she was lived in Bethlehem, the house of bread, but there was a famine in the land, and so her family, they all packed up and they, they ended up moving to Moab, and while they were there, their sons both died. Uh, Naomi's husband died. And then in verse 11, uh, and then Naomi, she ends up coming back home, uh, and she told uh, Ruth and uh, who was the other one? Orpah, I believe it was. She told them to stay, go back, you know, go back to their families. But Ruth wanted to stay with her. And look at Ruth chapter one verse eleven. And Naomi said, "Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say." I have hope. If I should say, or if I should have a husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. You see what she was saying here? She's saying, why would I have hope? I have no hope that I'm going to get a husband. I have no hope that I'm going to ever have children again. And she's kind of, I don't know, the way I interpret this, I guess, or the way I see this, I see Naomi kind of having a pity party for herself. Remember when Naomi came back to Bethlehem and the people didn't hardly recognize her. Naomi, whose name means pleasant. And she said, don't call me Naomi anymore, but call me Mara, which means bitter. She was a bitter woman. Why? Because everything went bad for her. She lost her husband. She lost her sons. And she had no hope. And you know what? There was a really good reason that she didn't have any hope. And it wasn't because the hand of the Lord was against her like she said. It was because she was out of the will of God. Naomi was out of the will of God. Her family was out of the will of God when they were in Moab. And you lose your hope when you're out of the will of God. If you're not doing what God wants you to do, why would you expect God to bless you? Why would you expect anything good to happen to you when you're out of the will of God? Now, most people, when they're out of the will of God, they know it, but they rarely admit it. I mean, how many people have you ever talked to and you went up to them and you know, and they said, no, I'm, I'm just out of the will of God right now. 
I know I shouldn't be. And some people will admit it. But usually, kind of like Naomi, they'll talk about how mean God was to them. They'll talk about how you know rough God has been with them and how God's dealt so harshly against them, like Naomi did. But when they're, you're trying to invite them to church, maybe they're in a false religion. No, I, you know, I'm really, I really believe I'm out of God's will in this church. But I think I'm going to stay here anyway. They don't say that. They say I believe this is what God wants for me, don't they? But they're out of the will of God, and deep down, they've got to know it. There's people that aren't in church. And they they know they're out of the will of God. Save people. But yet, how many people actually will say, I am not in the will of God. I am not doing God's will. But yet, those same people whose lives are falling apart, whose families are falling apart, that bad things are happening to, they will all talk about how bad God's been to them. And the truth is, they are just out of the will of God and therefore they have no hope and you shouldn't have hope when you're out of the will of God. As a Christian, we know that God can't bless us when we're being disobedient. And we also know that God must punish us when we're disobedient. I mean, we're His children for whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. Therefore, if we're out of the will of God, we should expect trouble, right? Just like when your children do something they're not supposed to do. They should expect to be in trouble. Allie right now should not expect blessings when we get home. And she knows that. She's not expecting blessings. She has no hope of blessings when she gets home. And the same thing is with Christians. We know when we're out of line. You know, we might not want to admit it. That's happened many times with my children. You know, they'll, they'll be bad. And, you know, or sometimes I'll come home and my wife will be like, tell your dad what you did today. What did I do? You know, they, they want to play dumb with what they did. And a lot of Christians are like that. You know, Chloe, she's kind of, you know, she's kind of going on that same route right now. She might need to go sit by her mom because, you know, she shouldn't be expecting any blessings when she gets, she gets home. And it's the same, you know, it's the same thing with Christians. When we're not doing right, when we're not doing good, we don't expect blessings, do we? We don't have hope. And we, there's no reason for us to if we really believe God. You know, why would, you know, and same thing goes in a church. Why would we expect God to bless our church? Why would we have hope for God to bless our church if we're not winning souls to Christ? I mean, there should be no expectation. You know, when I have the most hope and I have the most expectation is when I've been out doing something about it. When I've been inviting people and I, and it's, you know, it just makes sense. Why would we expect it? Why would we hope for it? Why would we expect God to bless our finances when we're robbing Him in our tithes and offerings? We know better than that. We know we can't expect God to provide for our needs when we're being disobedient, when we're robbing Him. We know, we, therefore, we're not going to have any hope. And there's many Christian people today, saved people, the reason they are so hopeless is because they're out of the will of God and they know it. And deep down, we know when we've been when we're being obedient or disobedient, and therefore we know when we have no business expecting a blessing. And many people are not expecting anything from God because they know they've been asking for nothing but punishment. So, you know, as Christians, we also understand that our happiness it is dependent on God's blessing. 
Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. We, we talked about this verse a while back, but I think this is a great verse. You ought to underline it in your Bible. But if we're going to be happy, if we're going to be hopeful, joyful people, we understand that it's totally dependent on God. Our hope for happiness is not in us winning the lottery. Okay, We know better than that. We know people win the lottery all the time and don't get happiness from it. Sometimes their life gets even worse. And Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and He addeth no sorrow with it. Okay? We are gonna, if we're gonna have real joy, it is only gonna come from the blessings of God. There's people all the time, sometimes Christian people. You know, I would be happy if we just, you know, if I just had more money. I would be happy if we just had this. I'd be happy if we just, we just had that. And the truth is, no, you wouldn't. The blessing of the Lord is what will bring you happiness. And if you're in the will of God, He's gonna bless you. If you're not in the will of God, then not only is He not gonna bless you, but you're not gonna have any hope of that blessing. Okay, there's going to be times, even in the will of God, where you're going to go through some tough times, where you're going to go through some times where you might have to struggle and wonder how you're going to pay the next bill. But if you're in the will of God, you have the hope that God is going to take care of us. Hey, you know, God promised to provide for all my need according to his riches and glory. And you even know too that when God when the Bible says that, he was talking about a church that was giving to missions. That's something else to kind of keep in mind there too. And God promised, or you know, Paul said that God would provide for those people. That's not just for anybody that's a Christian. If you're robbing God, you can't expect it. And if you're if you're in the will of God, if you're doing right, if you are not at the getting the blessings of God right now, you have the hope that you will. And therefore, you're not going to be despairing and depressed when things aren't going right because you know that your hope is in the Lord and that God's going to take care of you and He's going to make everything alright. So many Christians are without hope because they're out of the will of God and deep down, whether they admit it or not, they know it. But also we lose our hope when we just get our focus on the wrong things. Look at Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Alright, remember that verse here. Everybody loves this next verse, but we got to remember this first verse goes with it. We have to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. Alright, and then verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify on Himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So we see that looking for that blessed hope. Alright, if we're going to do that, we have to deny the ungodliness and worldly lust. You know why many people don't have hope today? Because their focus is on the things of this world. Okay, if your look, if your focus is on the things of the world, if your focus is on your bank account, if your focus is on money, if your focus is on possessions, okay, we know the worldly lust can never be satisfied. And if you're looking at that stuff, then you're going to be without hope. But when we deny that, the Bible says looking for that blessed hope. Okay, we're looking for the appearing of Christ. All right, we're looking 
for the rapture. And we all know here that when that happens, it's going to be, he's going to come during a very horrible time that's going to be no fun at all. And if we're thinking about our worldly lusts then, if we're thinking about the things of this world, then we're going to be despairing pretty good. But boy, whenever things are at their at their worst, I mean, when the tribulation comes and things are just horrible, okay. If our focus is on the things of the world, I mean, what if you, you know, lose your house in a fire, or what if you know, I mean, who knows what happens? If we're thinking about the things of this world, we're not gonna we're just gonna be despairing. We're gonna be miserable. But if our focus is on Christ, if we're thinking about that, as the world keeps on getting worse and worse. We're going to be getting more and more excited because, hey, it's it's only a matter of time before Jesus Christ comes. When you look at some of the stuff that's going on, I mean, right now, all this Muslim stuff that's going on in Europe. I mean, the way these people are just popping up everywhere and doing all these terrorist attacks and things. I mean, even our own country, we've got people popping up all over the place. And we're, I'm telling you, it's getting worse and worse. I was listening to the news this week; it's getting out of hand. They were talking about this thing, you know, this becoming the new normal. I mean, I remember in Israel when you're always hearing about these kind of attacks going on in Israel. Well, now it's not even news anymore when it happens in Israel. And now these same type of things that were happening just in Israel now are happening all over Europe. They're going to start happening all over America and all over the world. And you know what? I'm looking at that and I was watching the news this week and I'm hearing that that these people talk about this and how we're almost basically saying we just better get used to this. And for a second, I'm I'm thinking, all right, time to freak out a little bit. But I'm like, wait a minute. This just kind of lines up with, I think, a lot of end time stuff. And you know, as it gets worse, it kind of, I get a little more excited because I'm thinking, maybe we're getting that much closer to the return of Christ. And, but if my hope is in the flesh, fleshly things, well, I'm going to worry about me getting blown up. I'm going to worry about my possessions getting destroyed. But if my focus is on Jesus Christ, if, I, if I'm focused on Him, then it's a blessed hope. And as we see the day approaching, okay, we're going to get more excited about it. And I know we're not supposed to be able to see when it's coming, but you know, the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, what day? Well, I think the day of the Lord. The day of Christ. And the rapture. As we see it coming. Okay, and as we're getting closer, we should be we shouldn't be getting scared, we should be getting excited. But what's that excitement? It's in Jesus Christ, in the blessed hope. And if you're caught up in the things of this world, then yeah, you're gonna you're really gonna be down, you're gonna be depressed. But understand, worldly lust cannot be satisfied. Look at Psalm 106, verse 13. Psalm 106, verse 13, it says, They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their requests, but sent leanness to their soul. God gave them what they wanted in the wilderness, but he would not let it satisfy them. And it's only God can allow you to be satisfied with what you have. And that's why there are millionaires and billionaires that are not satisfied and are still taking drugs and are alcoholics because satisfaction only comes from God. And so if you're, if you're going after the lust of this world, then you're going to be without hope. You will be 
a Robin Williams, and you will hang yourself. Did he hang himself with a necktie? I thought they said in his chair. I don't remember. How, it was it was disturbing. I mean, how desperate do you have to be to kill yourself to do it the way he did? And you know, and it's all the time we're hearing about these Hollywood people committing suicide. These filthy rich millionaires that people idolize and worship, and they're killing themselves. And then they kill themselves and they become bigger heroes. Uh, I, I don't understand that either. I do understand that's because that whole crowd is just as as wicked as all get out. But the thing, the things that they have, most people feel like they would be happy if they had them. I mean, people these days they're desperate for attention. Well, these people they can't even go out in public without bodyguards and wearing disguises and things like that. Uh, people think I'd be happy if I just had the money, if I just had the possessions. They've got all that stuff, and they are killing themselves, drinking themselves to death, drugging themselves to death, and it's because you don't find satisfaction in the things of this world. And if we're going to be able to look forward to that blessed hope, we have to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. A lot of Christian people, it's like they get bitter over all the stuff that we're not supposed to do as Christians. They get mad at preaching against sin. I mean, there are people today, Christian people today, saved people that would just be infuriated to hear a message like I preached this morning talking about what a Christian ought to wear. I mean, there's people that, I mean, they won't, they hate that kind of stuff. They will get mad. They will, I mean, just criticize everything you have to say on that subject. And it makes, it makes no sense except for the fact that these people, their focus is on ungodliness. Their focus is on the things of the flesh. And many Christian people today are doing the ungodliness. They still go to church. You can go to church these days and get away with all kinds of stuff. We've all learned not to judge. We've had that shoved down our throat so much that we'll let people do pretty much whatever they want in most churches. And nobody will say a thing. The preacher's not going to preach against it. But these people, they have no hope. The reason they're not out trying to win anybody to Christ, they have no hope that anybody's going to get saved. The reason they're not excited about coming to church, they have no hope that God's going to show up, the Holy Spirit's going to move. The reason people don't pray, they're not expecting God to answer their prayers. They have no hope, no expectation. You know, it's one thing from lost people, but it's another thing when you see it from Christian people. And if you focus on those things, the worldly lust, you're never going to be satisfied. The worldly lust, in the end, it always brings sorrow. You don't need to turn there, but James 1.13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for, not, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. People, many times, they'll try to blame God for the temptations and things they're facing in their lives. They'll say, you know, well, if God doesn't want us, you know, I had a teenage boy one time, you know, I was I was talking to him and telling him, you know, you need to not be worrying about the girls right now. Okay, you're too young. Uh, you need to focus on more, you know, something else. And he was just like, well, you know, if God doesn't want me doing this. Then you know why did he just you know make me this way where I you know I feel this way and you know why do we have all these hormones and things that make us feel this way? Blaming God for his temptation. Okay, and many people do that. They blame God. Well, God made me this way. I can't help it. No, Bible. God doesn't tempt people. Well, if God didn't want me lusting after that girl, then why did He let her be born? You know, why did He let her cross my path? No, 
Bible says every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And the devil, he will draw you with your lust. He knows what they are. And he'll trick you. Just like when you go fishing, you use bait that you know that fish is going to lust after. You don't use stuff that if you're trying to catch a certain type of fish, and I'm not an expert fisherman, but you know, you know, certain fish lust after certain types of bait, and you use those. And everybody, they've got the, their different baits. Everybody has their own lust, and God doesn't tempt you with them. You get drawn away on your own, okay? And Bible says, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It always ends bad when you go after those things. And you know, I mean, you can use that for Robin Williams. I mean, Robin Williams, right after he died, they were playing this clip of him on the radio. You know, he, he was, you know, he did funny stuff. You know, he could get people to laugh. And he was doing some stand-up comedy routine. They were playing it on the radio and they were beeping out tons of stuff he was saying. Just filthy mouth. Just, you know, filthy, filthy mouth. And you know, that wickedness, you know, I got, and I got to thinking about that. You know, I can't imagine, and you know, maybe it's because I'm a Christian. Obviously he wasn't. But you know, if, if I got up in front of a bunch of people and acted that way, okay, if I did like a lot of these Hollywood people, like he did, if I went and for days I'm filming a movie dressed up like a woman, okay, when I go home, I'm not going to feel real good about myself. Okay? I mean, the things that they do, you they got to go home and look in their mirrors at night. And I, I don't know how they do that. And a lot of them can't handle it, and it ends up, it ends up killing them, and and they become heroes. It's the craziest thing, uh, and the worldly lust it always ends with sorrow, and sometimes great sorrow. And as Christians, that shouldn't be us. But if we go, if we're going after those things, if we're pursuing those things, we know that we can't have hope. We're not going to be excited. Many Christian people today sitting in churches are not excited one bit. They're not, they, they're not expecting anything from God. And it's because they know they're backslidden. It's because they know they're out of the will of God. It's because they know they've been disobedient. It's because they want something different than what God has for them. They, they're, they're pursuing the things of the world. They decide, you know, I really don't care about this Christianity stuff. I want the things of the world. And they're pursuing that. And they know, deep down, they know that they're not going to get what they want from God. And they become very hopeless people. So if, if, if you're that way, if you don't have a lot of hope, if you don't have hope in prayer, if you don't have hope or an expectation that God's going to do anything in your life, that you're going to see great things, you know, what do you have to do to regain that hope? Well, really it's pretty simple. But go to Ezra chapter 10 and verse 1. Ezra chapter 10 and verse 1 says, Now when Ezra had prayed and when he had confessed, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, there assembled unto him out of Israel a very great congregation of men and women and children, for the people wept very sore. And Shechaniah the son of Jehiel, one of the sons of Elam, answered and said unto Ezra, We have trespassed against our God and have taken strange wives of the people of the land 
Yet now there is hope in Israel concerning this thing. Okay? Notice they're all crying. They're all upset. They, they know they've done wrong and they're sorry. But he said, there is now hope in Israel even though we've done this thing. And, so what, and then look at what he says next in verse 3. Now therefore, let us make a covenant with our God to put away all the wives and such as are born of them according to the counsel of my Lord and of those that tremble at the commandments of our God. Let it be done according to the law. You know what he said? We're going to have to get rid of them. We're going to have to get rid of those wives and children. I know this is pretty harsh stuff here. It is some pretty harsh Old Testament stuff. But they said there is hope, and there is hope by us following the law of God, us putting these people away that aren't supposed to be among us. And you know, for Christians today, if you want to have that hope, there's a way to get hope, and you're going to have to put some things away. You're going to have to stop. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to change some things. You know, people these days, you know, we're so lazy in our world today, we're so weak. We're so spoiled, okay? You know, we, and in, in some ways, I kind of think it's accomplished some good things, for example, in the medical field, okay? Now, we all want, you know, if we have a disease or something, we all want it fixed, right? And we want it to be easy, okay? We want it to be pain free, alright? And you know what? Thankfully, they figured out a few things, okay? When I had my appendix out, it was, it was pretty easy. There was a time it was really hard, and they've they've made it they've made it easy now. Where you can do that, you know. Uh, I've always been horrified of chiropractors, but fortunately they found a way that it's, it doesn't hurt as bad. That I don't mind. I'll do that. You know. Uh, you know, we want everything. We want everything to be easy. We don't want to have any pain. You know, if we have cancer, you know, we're we're trying to find that pill because you know chemo. It's really hard on you. It, I mean, it's it's a really rough. You know, the radiation stuff. I mean, I thankfully I've never been through it, but you know, some have, and it's it's not easy, and we don't like that. And so they're coming up with newer, easier ways, I guess, to do things. But it's like as Christians, though. You know, we when it comes to sin, okay, it's like we want to figure out when we do wrong, we just want to find this easy fix for everything. You know what? Sometimes there is no easy fix. Sometimes it's going to be difficult. Sometimes, I mean, you know, there's no choice. You're going to have to get rid of these things. You know, when it comes to our lifestyle, we don't want to change anything in our lifestyle, okay? If some. You know, somebody's stressed out, you know, because they're of their lifestyle they have. They're not they don't want to change their lifestyle, they want to take a pill. And it's like we've got these sin problems in our life that are causing us to be miserable, and it's like we're one will somebody please invent a pill so I can keep sinning and get the blessing of God? It's not gonna work. It's not it's not the way it works. And you know, these pills that people take to get rid of stress. Uh, you know, a lot of that stuff has some serious side effects that make you worse off in the long run. And you know, there, the truth is, there's never really an easy fix. But they had to make some changes. They had to get rid of the things that was that had caused them to lose the blessing of God, that had brought on the curse of God in their life. And sometimes you're going to have to make some changes in your life if you want to get your hope back. You're going to have to if you if you want answers to your prayer. You're going to have to do things like forgiving other people. You want God to hear your prayers. You got to be right with other people too. If you want God, if you want God's blessing in your life, you have to be 
following God's will. You're going to have to be doing what God's Word says to do. Um, you're, you know, you're going to have to make some changes. Also, and this is not, this is a tough one too. If you want to have hope, you're going to have to wait for it. Go to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight and verse twenty-four it says, "For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it." So if we hope for that we said, then do we with patience. With you have to have some patience when it comes to hope. Okay? Everything's not going to happen just boom like that. Not going to happen tomorrow. And then verse twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We don't know for sure what we need, but thank God the Holy Spirit does. He that Jesus Christ who makes intercession for us. He knows what the will of God is. He knows what we really want. He knows what we really need. But we're going to have to have some patience. And then verse 28, and this is a well-known verse, but and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. When you're in the will of God, Okay, if you're saved today, and if you're serving God's purpose, if you're if you are working according to His purpose, okay, if you're and to be doing that, you got to be following the Word of God. You got to be following the will of God. If you're doing that, all things work together for good. You can and you can have hope in that, but you're gonna have to have some patience too. Okay, hope hope that we can see is not hope. And but when you're in the will of God. You can go through some hard times. You can go through some dark valleys. But you know, but we know that it's going to work together for good. While you're, there may be, you might be in a time period in your life right now where it's like, you know, I really like for things to get better. I like for things to change. I like for things to be different. But if you at least know you're in the will of God, you can have hope that what I'm facing right now is going to make things better in the future. That this is going to be good for me. That someday I'm going to look back and I'm going to be thankful for this time in my life. And that, that'll get you through it right there. That and that's hope that you have. I mean, you can be excited that hey, I'm in the will of God. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and while it doesn't look good right now, but you can go to bed tonight with the confidence that it's going to work out for good. But for that, for you to have that hope, you have to be in the will of God. You've got to be obedient. And so, if you've lost your hope, you need it. You need to get right with God. You're going to have to make some changes in your life. You're going to have to start working to His purpose. And here's the thing too. The next, look at the next verse in, uh, right after Romans 28. Or 8.28. It says, For whom He did foreknow, He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. See what happens, what happens here. After God says all things work together for good, do you understand what God's trying to do with all of us, folks? He's trying to make us like Him. He's trying to make us like Christ. That's what we're working towards. He's not trying to make you like 
the millionaire that you're following after, you're, that you're lusting after their lifestyle, or that Hollywood person that you, that you want to be, or whoever it is that you idolize and you wish you could be them, God's not trying to make you like them. He's trying to make you like Jesus Christ. And so, if you're going through some things, if, if, if that's your desire to be like Christ, then boy, if you're as long as you're in the will of God, you can have hope that God's going to do that. And but many people today, that's not their hope. Their hope is in riches. That's why they'll they'll spend their tithe money on lottery tickets. And then that doesn't work. They get depressed. They got to spend the rest of their tithe money on beer to drown out their sorrow or drugs or whatever. And you have no hope when you are going against the word of God. When you're going against the law of God, if you're going to have hope, you have to hope for the same things that God hopes for. He hopes for us to become like Him. So we've got to hope for that too. Go to 1 John chapter 3. Last passage I want us to look at. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, even as He is pure. So if your hope is the same thing, is in the same thing that God's hope is in, your hope is for you to be like Christ. And we know that that's not going to completely happen until we're like Him, until we see Him, until the rapture. We're not going to that is not going to be completely fulfilled. But in the meantime, if we have that hope in ourselves, we're going to be purifying ourselves the best we can. We're going to straighten out our lives the best we can. We're going to be the best, the cleanest that we can possibly be with all of our efforts if we have that hope. And so our hope that we, many, the reason many people are hanging on to that hope is because their hope is in the wrong things. They're hoping, they're hoping to be like the world. They're hoping to have the riches of this world. And if we're going to have hope, we have to be in the will of God and we have to be hoping for the same things that He is hoping for. I have hopes for Liberty Baptist Church. Okay? And if, my hope is the same as God's hope. We'll get there as long as we're being obedient to God. But if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, if we're not winning people to Christ, if we're not if we're not living godly lives ourselves, then we have no business expecting anything. We have no business thinking for one minute that God is going to do anything. In this church, and there are many people today who, that, I mean, that many dead churches today, that the people expect nothing. They go out of tradition, out of obligation, or whatever, not expecting God to do a thing, and they they shouldn't be because they're out of the will of God. They're backslidden on God. They're not doing the things that He commanded them to do, and they're without hope. They're in the, they're pursu- and they're not even going to try to get it right because they don't want the same things that God wants. They know, like in Ezra, they're going to have to change some things. They know they're going to have to get rid of some things in their life and they don't want to do that and they hold on to that lust. And as a result, 
they lose that hope. And the Bible wants us, God tells us He wants us to hold on to that hope to the end. And the devil's going to try to take it away, and he'll take it away by getting you caught up in ungodliness and focused on worldly lust. And we need to be looking for that blessed hope. And you know that blessed hope too, a lot of times we when we talk about blessed hope, our hope is in seeing Christ so He can get us out of this world. Okay? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Alright? We ought to want to get out of this sin cursed world. But you know, I wonder if God wants calls it a blessed hope or wants us focusing on that blessed hope more because we're looking forward to being like him. You know, and we gotta ask ourselves, you know, why am I looking forward to the rapture? Is it because I just want out of this world? Because I'm tired of the problems because of the sin in my life? Or is it because I want to be like Christ? And the truth is, many times we're not hoping for the same things that God hopes for. And therefore, we, we lose our hope. And you don't want to do that. We want to hold on hope. We want to be a hopeful people. I, I, I want to have, I mean, I, I have expectations for God to do things. And I want our church to be a church with great expectations, with great hope that, I mean, we're expecting God to show up in our services. We're expecting God to do something. But if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, we're not going to have that hope. And if you don't have hope, it's because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And I hope that you'll get that hope. If you don't have it, grab onto it. If you do have it, hang on to it and don't let go. So with that, let's all stand together.